Good morning, friends. I'd like to add my welcome to Brad's. It's good to see you here today, especially if you're new or you're visiting. Really hope you enjoy church today. I think you this mic back a bit. As Brad mentioned, we're, um, we've started a series through the Gospel of Luke, and we've called it Good News to the Poor. It's a phrase, it's a quote that Jesus uses twice in uh, the account of his life that Luke wrote. And he's quoting a reference from the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, who was around 700 years before Jesus. And he said that someone is going to come and, and the blind will receive sight and the lame will be able to walk and the deaf will hear and those who are dead will be raised up and good news will be preached to the poor. And Jesus comes and he says, that, that's what I'm doing. That's my mission. That's who I am. And my message is the good news of the gospel of what I'm about to do. <clears throat> So we're going to look at Luke uh, chapter 1 this morning, second half of chapter 1. So if you've got a Bible, you want to take it out there and go to chapter 1. We're going to start at verse where we, where we left off last week at verse 39. Last week we saw God um, doing some impossible things. Right? We saw Him taking a, an old woman who was well past childbearing age. She's like... Late in her life, she's a granny, she's probably closer to the grave than she is to motherhood, and God gives her a child. And, and then even more incredibly, we saw God taking a young teenage virgin and blessing her with a child. We saw that God is in the business of doing uh, impossible things, and He makes impossible things possible. I really hope you had time this week to draw up an impossible prayer list. Uh, I hope that you were able to do that either in your gospel community or yourself this week. The idea there is to write up a list of 10 things that are humanly impossible for you. And we want to encourage our church to pray big, audacious prayers before our God who can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. So hopefully you've got time to do that. Let's have a look at Luke chapter 1. We're going to look at um, verse 39. We're not going to do the whole chapter. There's, there's just too much in there. We're going to focus on uh, just the first couple of verses there. So if you've got a Bible, open it up on your phones. If you don't have a Bible and like one, there are some on the welcome desk. You can take one and keep it this morning. So chapter 1, verse 38. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Probably a three- to four-day journey from where she has been. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy, and Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Mary rushes off to her relative's house in obedience to the message that the angel brought her. The angel said, came to her and said, Mary, you're going to have a child. And he said, you know what, also your relative Elizabeth, even though she's super old, she's also having a child. So in obedience to what this angel has revealed to Mary, she rushes off to meet her relative and to celebrate and rejoice with her in the good news. And Mary arrives at the house and she knocks on the door. She's like, hello. And as soon as that happens, Elizabeth gets this crazy, like almighty prophetic leap in her womb and she's anointed with the Spirit of God. 
John the Baptist begins his ministry pretty early. Like some people get into ministry early, right? You know, maybe 18, they do a ministry apprenticeship or go to Bible. But like John the Baptist, T minus three months from liftoff, he's a six month old fetus, and there he is, kicking his mother in the womb, pointing to Jesus. Which is pretty crazy. Now, I can imagine that that would be painful to have a, a, a six month old. I mean, 20 centimetres, you know, formed, fingernails, like fingerprints, everything. Functioning baby, and this kid leaps in the womb. Now, pregnant, you know, mums or, or any mums really who have had a child will know what it's like to have a kid moving around in the womb. Sometimes watching TV with passion, she'll grab my hand and she'll put it on her belly. She'll feel this. And you can feel, I don't know, like an elbow or a knee. Or, and it's, it's weird, right? I can, and imagine what that would feel like being the person who carried that child. But what if a child leapt for joy in the womb of a mother? I mean, that would be kind of painful, I can imagine. <laughs> John does it, I guess, part and parcel of having a spirit-filled prophet in your womb, and which, you think about it, it's a bit like inception. It's like the Holy Spirit inside of a person, inside of a person. That's pretty cool. Anyway, Jesus here is an embryo. He's like a three, four-day-old zygote. I, I don't know what the tech. I think it's. A, I think that's the technical term, a zygote, like a, a cell. He's a cell, and here's a six-month-old fetus bearing witness to an embryo. It's crazy. Now, when you read that stuff, you kind of get why Christians have such a high view of life in the womb. The question here is, how does Elizabeth know that, sorry, how does, Mary, yeah, how does Elizabeth know that Mary is pregnant? And how does Elizabeth know all of these details about Mary's child? I mean, Mary just walks through the door and she's like, hey, I'm here. And all of a sudden, Elizabeth knows all this stuff. And it's because we see that the Holy Spirit has revealed it to her. Seconds before the Spirit has revealed this to John the Baptist, He's revealed this to Elizabeth as well. And as Elizabeth, as Mary walks through that door, Elizabeth knows that it's not just her niece coming to visit. She says, this is the mother of my Lord. She, she knows so much about this child that Mary is carrying. And, and I can only imagine that that would be a massive encouragement for Mary. Put yourself in Mary's shoes. Go back to last week. 12, 13-year-old kid, possibly... She's pregnant, out of wedlock, which is a massive deal in this culture. And she's thinking, is anyone going to believe me? Like, who is going to believe me when I say, uh, yeah, God made me pregnant? And then she comes to Elizabeth's house, and Elizabeth knows. She's like, blessed are you amongst women, and blessed is the child that you are carrying. And why should I be so privileged that the mother of my Lord would come? Elizabeth has got it. And so I, I imagine that Mary would be massively encouraged by Elizabeth's words. My guess is that Elizabeth and Mary would have shared stories, had a cup of tea, talked about what the angel had told them about their baby. And Elizabeth would have talked about what morning sickness was like in the first trimester and when Mary could expect that it would end and they would have rejoiced in God's work and prayed together and it would have been a great blessing for this young girl Mary. You know, Elizabeth here is, she's overwhelmed with a sense of privilege. See, see what it says there in verse 43? 
says, and why is it granted to me? Why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Why should I be so lucky? Why should I be so blessed that you marry who is carrying the Savior of the world and come to my house and visit me? She is rejoicing that she gets caught up in God's plan. Not only is her child, the child that she is carrying, going to be a prophet who will prepare the way for God's salvation, but now... Jesus comes to her house in the womb of her niece Mary, and she rejoices. Now, you've got to understand, right? Here are two women, one who is old and infertile her whole life and now is pregnant, and another one who is a young teenage girl, and she's pregnant out of wedlock. And you've got to understand that these two women are they're just not the people you would put at the center of God's plan. And here they are rejoicing that 